welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. All right, everybody, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, and we have a killer show lined up for you today. We're going to talk about the market, specifically how it relates to building products. And we have an excellent guest on the show with us today. We have Stanley Elliott, who's the Managing Director of Building Product Equity Research at Stiefel. Stanley, welcome to the show. Zach, thank you very much for having me. We got connected through a mutual friend of ours, but for our listeners, share with us a little about what you do, a little about Stiefel, and then we'll dive in and I'll just braid you with questions. Stiefel is a diversified wealth management organization, investment banking company. We have offices all over the US, Europe, and elsewhere. My job specifically, you know, I focus on the equity research side. So cover a mix of building products companies some construction material companies, so light, heavy side materials. And what we do is we try to look at companies that are publicly traded in what names that you would recognize in the stock market and try to provide investment recommendations based upon kind of what we're seeing from the stock side, as well as what we're seeing from a demand side or kind of real world in market perspective. You have a pretty good purview into everything construction, renovation, housing, even commercial. You're looking at all the different sectors as it relates to building products. Is that right? Yeah, we try to. I mean, as much as we can. There's a lot of moving parts and a lot of data points. And, you know, right now the market, everything seems to be moving in different directions. Some parts are doing well, other parts are doing not as well. And there's a lot of confusion in between. I saw an interesting stat yesterday. It was a chart that showed the rise in construction across just the market. But the basic premise of it was like, hey, construction is continuing to increase in the US. And so talk of recession doesn't really make sense from this chart standpoint. I'm really curious to get your perspective and what are the data points that you're looking at? In terms of total construction, you know, it has actually been pretty healthy. I mean, I think there are a couple of things going on that's kind of outside beyond, you know, more specifically on the residential market. But trends around reshoring, you know, there's a number of stimulus programs out there that are helping with the IRA or IIJA Act. We follow a lot of the construction material companies, you know, and they look very excited about where the highway spending is going to end up going. And then you look at what's happened. There's a lot of unused COVID monies that states have. States' budgets are generally as healthy as they've been. And so they're putting that money to work. And so that's really kind of taking on, you know, and helping what's happening with the construction markets, right? You are seeing some pockets slow down. Commercial certainly seems to be one that's retrenching a little bit. I mean, you've even seen some with, you know, the massive amount of warehousing activity that Amazon built up over the years, that's pulling back a little bit, but you're seeing some offsets in manufacturing, highway streets, and some others. So that's what's really driving the market right now. What everyone wants to know is what stocks should they be buying for next year, Stan? So can you just share with us, like, <laughs> I'm kidding, please don't, uh, not financial advice. But I am curious, like, what are the things that you look at if you're looking at individual performance from, let's say, a manufacturer by manufacturer standpoint, like, what are the trends that you're seeing? And like, what are the indicators you go, oh, this is going to be really interesting to play out over the next couple of years? So a lot of times we try to take more of a top-down approach. And so you know, as we're sitting here thinking about more specifically on the residential market, you'll know, look at just the amount of multifamily activity that we've seen over the past, you know, several years, right? 
I mean, at one point, multifamily was probably 40 plus percent of total home starts, which, you know, you'd have to go back almost to the 70s really to get a look at that. Typically, it's more about 30 percent. I mean, there's still a lot of activity in the pipeline. You're starting to see the permit activity slowing down as those markets kind of return back to a normal pattern. And I think that that's reasonable to expect. You know, as it relates to the single family piece, the builders seem to be the biggest game in town, right? I mean, financing and affordability are huge issues in our view, but the builders do have the ability to help buy down rates, help get people into homes. And I think that we could end up seeing a little bit better single family new construction into next year, providing a little bit of offset with what's going to end up happening from our expectations on, on the multifamily side. Are there particular product categories that you're bullish on? Like you're looking at, you're going, okay, the next, let's say five to 10 years, we think that this particular category is going to perform really well. So we do follow some of the composite decking manufacturers, capitalizing on some of these larger trends, like outdoor living space. Affordability, as we mentioned, is still tough. You know, adding square footage, backdoor patios, decks, things along those lines. It's actually a fairly cost-effective way to build out and expand a home versus, say, doing a kitchen remodel or doing a bathroom remodel, which tend to be at the upper end of that scale. And, you know, and so far, some of these names have benefited, too, from just kind of a lower maintenance aspect. I think that as I've gotten older, you know, spending my weekend staining a deck and things along those lines, I'd rather do something different. But finding products, you know, across the spectrum that are a little more user friendly certainly help. The other thing, too, is that you've seen the luxury market continue to hang in there a little bit better. We really have almost a bifurcation of customers out there, some that are living paycheck to paycheck, and then others that really, you know, have been kind of immune from a lot of the inflationary pressures that we've seen out there right now. And so products that are tending or catering to some of those higher end customers, at least right now, would seem to do better than kind of some of the more entry sort of products. Are there categories that you look at and go, this particular category is going to need to adapt based upon what you're seeing in the market or just changes in buyer behavior? Not really on a broad scale. I mean, I think from the companies that we follow, What's interesting is they're trying to, to one, add more value to their products because that's the easiest way for them to make more money per unit, right? It's an, also an easy way for them to raise price a little bit, which kind of helps out in that regard. The labor shortage across the spectrum, I mean, it's massive. Companies that can find a way to either cut down on install time, cut down on build time kind of offload and kind of maybe help variableize some of the builders' construction costs. Those are some of the higher level trends that we look at. And we think that those will be companies that will end up faring better, at least from a stock perspective and probably a market share perspective too, as we're kind of rolling through the next several years. Most of our listeners, Stanley, are manufacturers, right? They play different roles, whether sales, marketing, executives, you're looking at this next year and then even beyond that, a lot of people say, hey, you know, 2024, you know, with current rates, things are going to continue to stay relatively steady and or maybe there's a potential pullback in certain markets. The other side of the narrative is that R&R potentially could be very large, you know, for the next decade. Do you have a position on that or are there things you're looking at going when the market climate changes a little bit? These are the areas that are going to do really well. So, you know, in terms of the R&R, we came into this year thinking that 
because so many homeowners were locked in at 3% rates that we'd see a big ramp in just your typical R&R spend. It really hadn't happened yet, right? A lot of those products or projects rather, you know, they're seeing the same sort of financing pressure as you do for like the new mortgages. I do think though, when you kind of take a step back, look at the aging housing stock that we do have out there, you know, and one of the things that we've been positive on, on the new family side or just residential in general is just, you know, our view is that we've been structurally underbuilt for many, many years. And so whatever the correction looks like, it's not going to be anything like 2008. So we're encouraged by kind of the long-term fundamentals within the space. In terms of products, I think what we've seen is that a lot of the inflation, the massive inflation at least, has died down. It's probably still tracking ahead of what most companies would have hoped or would have wanted at this point. The pricing aspect, being able to push price in conjunction with all the inflation, that's probably died down. So I think that we're probably looking at more of a balanced approach into next year would be our guess in terms of how the price cost piece is going to flow out from a manufacturing perspective. And that would imply that the better volumes that you get from the residential side would really be kind of a driver of kind of the overall market and of the profitability at that level. If you're advising a manufacturer from your vantage point, Stanley, on, hey, I'm planning for this next year. These are the things that we need to be ready for. And these are the things that we should be aggressive on. What would you tell them, you know, from a strategic standpoint that they should be doing in their business? I don't think that we're going to see the same level of supply chain disruption. So I think that that'll actually help everybody manage their business a little bit better. It does feel like, and this is kind of the double-edged sword, right? Everybody's carrying a little bit higher levels of inventory than they probably would like. But I do think focusing on service levels is key, especially if markets start to pick back up. It's not going to be the first call. When can I get the product? Several weeks down the road, they're going to end up moving to another vendor, would be my guess. And so, you know, service levels is something that we think helps win in the marketplace. But, you know, look, I think the supply chain piece is going to end up sorting itself out which ultimately will help in terms of how people are navigating and managing their business. Well, Stanley, I really appreciate you coming on the show and just sharing a little about what you're seeing in the market as well as you know, specifically different product categories. If someone wants to follow you or connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, feel free to reach out. My email is Elliot, E-L-L-I-O-T-T-S at S-T-I-F-E-L.com. We do a bunch of building products, chart books, happy to share them with anybody. Feel free to reach out. And Zach, thank you very much for having me. We'll make sure we link to that on the show notes as well. But Stanley, thank you again. And for our listeners, if you enjoyed the show, check us out at venvio.com slash podcast to subscribe and get more. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.